Fitness Efficient Podcast. This podcast is a safe space for individuals who are invested in starting a fitness journey and embracing a positive mindset towards mental health. It's time to break free from conventional ideologies and discover a new way to optimize your well-being. I'm your host, Nicole, a.k.a. Figs. I'm a fitness coach and mental health advocate. Join me as we explore topics such as fitness and mental health. Get ready to unlock your full potential, challenge the norms, and embark on a journey towards a stronger, healthier, and more fulfilled version of yourself. Let's go. All right. So as you can tell, I'm about to get sick. And so before I start recording, um, let me rephrase that. Before I get more sick, because my colleague gave me a cold, um, before I get more sick, I decided to record this podcast episode before I completely lose my voice. So today I want to talk about um, narcissistic abuse, right? Now, a lot of people throw this word around, this word narcissist, narcissistic, and this is actually a mental health disorder. This is, this is labeled as a mental health disorder. I want people to grasp that because this is not just some, these are not, this is actually a mental illness, right? This is what, this is what is called a personality disorder, And if I get very specific with what type of personality disorder it it is, it's part of the cluster B uh, personality disorders, which is the erratic type. There's different types of personality disorders. Cluster B is more like the erratic type. Uh, It's also in that cluster, there's also borderline personality disorder, which I probably will make a future video about. I probably will make a future video about that because I do share a lot of borderline traits. I was never diagnosed as a borderline, but I have a lot of borderline traits, right? So narcissistic personality disorder. First of all, personality disorders are usually developed, you know, early, very early on in childhood, usually by adverse childhood experiences, you know, a lot when there's neglect abuse, you know, sexual assault, you know, things of this nature. So this topic is going to be this episode. I want to preface this episode because it's going to be quite, the topic is going to be quite sensitive. There is the topic of rape and abortion. So if those topics trigger you, you can pause right now and not listen to the rest of this because This is going to be my story of the narcissistic relationship that I had with a narcissist for about three years, right? I had a narcissistic relationship with someone um, for three years, about three years. Um, I've actually recently cut them off for good. So... I'm going to name this person David for the purposes of, you know, confidentiality. So this person, David, I met him on Instagram back in 2020. What a great time to be alive, 2020, right? So I met this man online on Instagram. He... DM'd me 
right? He DM'd me. And we started talking. I guess he found my profile through a mutual follower. I wouldn't say a mutual friend. He was just a follower. Um, I He knew the guy. He was the guy. He's, he was friends with the guy before. Um, so he found me through there. And um, <clears throat> we started talking. And one of the red flags that caught me was the you know when people are very spiritual i mean i'm not trying to say that that's a red flag but when you're into like when you're very spiritual and love bombing me at the same time you know the whole soulmate thing i do not believe in that concept i think that's a very sick concept um sorry if i offended you if you believe in that concept i just think it's very delusional and not very not very realistic right and i'm a very pragmatic person to be honest with you so that's not something i sub i subscribe to anymore <clears throat> so there was a lot of love bombing that was the first red flag um you know he he you know this person told me that they loved me like one month after no, like after one, just knowing me for one month that is if that's not a red flag I don't know what is but when you're a broken person and you're seeking validation from males which is something that I always looked for because I never got that validation from my from my father as a child <clears throat> and so I met this man and he loved my loved bomb me you know we had um I guess, an imaginary relationship through Instagram. Uh, so we were talking uh, for months, right? A lot of love bombing. So this continued. So, we've, uh, so we started talking around, let's see. I believe it was August of 2020, right? It was August of 2020. And so the thing that narcissists do... One thing that narcissists like to do in the beginning is they like to put you in a pedestal. They like to put you in a pedestal, right? They they hype you up. They but when when you don't match up to their expectations, when they see that you're a flawed human just like everyone else's, that's when the cycle of degrading starts. So this there's, there's with narcissistic relationships there's this cycle of, you know, of being put in a pedestal and then being devalued, being put on a pedestal and then being devalued. <sighs> this first started, <clears throat> I remember this first, the first comment that he made that was kind of, you know, different from the love bombing. He had some, I remember I had told him, I don't know how to drive. This was like back in September of 2020. So he was love he was like love bombing me for about a month, right? He found out I don't know how to drive. Boy, he had a lot to say. I guess since he wasn't shit, you know, had a high school education, drug dealer, don't really have shit going on for himself. I guess, you know, and his way of putting me down was 
to use the fact that I don't know how to drive. Well, I mean, I have my permit, but I don't have my license. But anyways, that's besides the point. So his way of degrading me was, you know, trying to use that against me, the fact that I don't know how to drive and uh, <clears throat> or the fact that I don't have a license. Right. Well, at the time, I didn't know how to drive at all. I didn't even have a permit, but uh, I didn't know how to drive. And so he uh, started making comments like, oh, you don't know how to drive and just making like little snide remarks about me not knowing how to drive. Okay, I didn't really like those comments, right? But I let them slide. I let those comments slide. So then it continued on, right? And then whatever, I kind of ignored it. I want to talk specifically to my ladies. Um, guys, this can be applicable to you guys as well. The reason why I want to talk to the women is because for the most part, if I had to generalize, most people with narcissistic personality disorder are men. There are women with narcissistic personality disorder, but the majority of the majority of people that suffer from this mental illness, because that's what it is. I'm not I'm not justifying their behavior. These people are are, you know, mentally ill. Um, most of them are males, they're men, right? <clears throat> so this continued on. I kind of ignored it. And ladies, please don't, when guys make little snide remarks, please don't disregard that as they're just joking or that you're too sensitive. No, these little jabs that males do to women, they're, they do it intentionally. It's a way to humble you down, to bring you down to their level, especially if they see that you're doing shit. And this was around the time where I wanted to start my fitness coaching business. Um, you know, um, I was, it was around the time I first wanted to start my gym coaching business. And um, I was still um, pretty new to pretty new to fitness. Um I mean, I, yeah, I was, I would say I was pretty new to fitness still, um, to coaching and, um, he, you know, the only thing he had a, that he had against me was the fact that I didn't know how to drive, you know, and I guess he used it as an outlet to feel better about himself. So he would make little jabs about, oh, when are you going to learn how to drive? Or like, um, you know, oh, how you're, you're in your 30s and you don't know how to drive. I mean, like, seriously, I'm in New York. There's a lot of people around my age or even older that don't even drive um, because it's New York. We don't live in the fucking middle of fucking nowhere in some bumpkin town where like there's no ubers or public transportation like i live in new york city specifically the bronx to be to be precise um you know the, a car you don't really need a car it's not like a necessity if i lived in the middle of fucking nowhere you know that would be different then i would i would have to force myself to learn because it's a necessity but anyways i digress so this continued on until like November. 
And then I remember he wanted to see me. He wanted to see me. Sorry, guys. I'm I'm just very sick. Um, so he wanted to see me, right? And so he was bitching about buying a plane ticket to come to New York, right? Um, and then he found out his his uh, friend died, who was also a coach, uh, his coach, I guess. I don't know. I don't care, to be honest with you. It's, it's irrelevant. Friend or coach, whatever, they passed away. And that was his excuse to come to New York, right? Um, that was his excuse to come to New York. So he found out that his coach died and he was like, oh, I'm coming to New York. I want to see you. And then, and then I, deep down, I knew he was just coming because he found out his coach died, not because he wanted to see me, but he used as an excuse to want to see me. Right. And so I met her around November When I tell you this person did not, well, they looked like what they, they looked the same online, but when I met him in person, I literally thought this man was homeless. I'm, I shit you not. This man had the worst hygiene. He smelled horrible and I'm sorry, hygiene. If you have poor hygiene, I just don't even, I don't care how attractive you are. You have poor hygiene and you, your clothes are dirty. Your gym bag is dirty. I remember he had this lime green Nike jacket and this lime green, um, uh, gym bag. Right. And it just was dirty. And I was just disgusted. Like he just smelled like weed. And I was just like, oh my God, I literally met. I, I literally, because at this point I had feelings for him, right? And this is a thing that guys like to do. Guys like to, you know, <clears throat> you know, they act a certain way online, but when you meet them in person, they're totally different, right? And I'm not saying just guys, just people in general. Um, that's just how it is. You, people, people put fake personas online. <sighs> I met this guy and I instantly was like, who the fuck did I fall for? Is this the guy that I really like for like the past three months? This man with poor hygiene, with dirty, with a dirty gym bag, dirty clothes. Oh my God. He hugged me. It was just, it was just, oh my God. I feel like I was hugging a garbage bag. Seriously. I'm not even, I'm not even being hyperbolic here. This man just smelled like garbage. Um, and I I legit thought he was homeless. So I met him uh, around... We were met at Penn Station. Um, and so we met at Penn Station. And check this out. Check this out as a first date. We went to his coach, his friends, or his friends slash coach's wake. Um, so we went to his wake. That was the first date. 
Can you imagine meeting somebody for the first time and the first thing that you guys do together as like going out is going to a fucking wake to somebody that you don't even know in the middle of nowhere in Long Island? Yeah. It was just kind of like... um I just didn't even know what the fuck to think. I was just like, I just didn't even want to be near him. I just wanted to be in my fucking house. I'm in the middle of nowhere in fucking Long Island. I don't even fucking go to Long Island. I have no business over there. So anyways, during the train ride, oh my God, boy, that this guy was dropping it all, dropping it, all the red flags on me. I chose to not, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I do have to take some accountability with this one. This guy was just dropping bombs. Like, was, he was just dropping the red flags like crazy. First of all, he was sending, he was, he was sending, first of all, he was sending me videos, well, showing me videos of him and, um, of him and his, uh, Mother of his child arguing. That's a red flag right there. Why do you need to record the arguments that you have with the mother of your child, sir? During your 30s, you're a grown-ass man. Why are you doing this? Right? Recording. And it's like he was showing off, like, oh, look, look, look. Like, look at her. Like, she's crazy. And I was just like, Wow. Look, he was like, look at her. She's crazy. She don't even let me see my son. And I'm just in my head at the time. I was just like, oh, wow. She's such a horrible person. She's such a horrible person. She doesn't let you see your son. And I'm just like, wow. I was very naive. I respectfully feel bad for this woman. For this woman. Respectfully feel bad for her. She has to deal with this man for the rest of her life even after her child turns 18 right she has to deal with this man okay so he's telling me all this shit about the mother of his child talking all this shit she's crazy another red flag if a guy tells you a girl's crazy she's not crazy He's the one with the problem, really, when they say that. And so we're on this train ride. Then he tells me, oh, my God. He, he, it goes from, from red flag to red flag to red flag consecutively. And I chose not to, I chose not to acknowledge them. The second one. He had rape allegations in Las Vegas, right? I chose to ignore that. He told me he was physically abusive to the mother of his child, throwing cell phones and shit at her. I chose to ignore that. I chose to ignore a lot of things. I think women in general, for the sake of not wanting to be alone, 
for the sake of not wanting to be alone, they, um, you know, they put up with a lot of shit. Then he told me about this girl that he was pimping. Literally, he had this woman having sex with other men. And then she would give him the profits that she would earn from having sexual relations with men. I let that red flag pass me by too. I ignored all the red flags. They were all there. He let it all out. He exposed himself from the first time that I met him. I chose to stay. And so, you know, I chose to stay. And so as we're going to Long Island, I'm already like really high. And so my senses are not even clear. I have to pause for a minute because this is kind of hard for me to, it just takes me back. So it just, it makes me feel uncomfortable just thinking back to that time. So, you know, we get to the wake, whatever, stay there for like an hour and then we leave. Then after that, we get to the hotel Right after the wake, we're at the hotel. Then then we got intimate. And I remember, you know, a lot of men don't like using condoms. And people don't really talk about this. They don't like using condoms. And so they're out here harvesting diseases. And they don't let even tell you about it. So as we were intimate, he kind of ejaculated inside of me against my will, right? But that's rape. I think a lot of people have a blurred line of what rape is. Let me let me define the, let me define it for you guys, specifically for men, because men think when they think of raping, they think of like you know, being coercive and forcing somebody to do something. That's rape. Anything that's not consensual, anything that's not genuinely consensual is rape. I'm sorry. But it is. So I'm just, at this point, I'm just like, oh my God, this man ejaculated, ejaculated inside of me. And I don't know what it is about the flow app. That flow app, that shit was accurate as fuck. Because I got pregnant on November 9th. And November 9th, 
around November 9th, November 10th or 11th, something like that, from the 9th to the 9th, from the 9th to the 12th. So I then, you know, I... I tried to move. I was freaking out. Be I was freaking out because I was just like he ejaculated inside of me against my will. And so we stayed in New York. He stayed in. He stayed in New York for the, for two more days. Then he left. When he left, I noticed I didn't get my period. So, I do a pregnancy test. I find out that I'm pregnant. Pregnant. I find out that I'm pregnant and so I don't tell him like I found out that I was pregnant I didn't tell my mom my mom wasn't aware of it of anything regarding my sex life my mom's 78, like she cared less about my sex life. And so, I'm gonna continue with this episode tomorrow. Cause I just think there's a lot to unpack and I don't wanna rush this episode. But I wanna let I want to close out part one of this story with, you know, seeking validation from men is dangerous. It could leave you in scary situations like me. Center yourself, not anybody else. Welcome to the Fitness Efficient Podcast. This show is a safe space for individuals who are interested in starting a fitness journey and embracing a positive mindset towards mental health. It's time to break from conventional ideologies and discover a new way to optimize your well-being. I'm your host, Nicole, aka Coach Figs, and I'm a mental health advocate. Join me as we explore topics such as fitness and mental health. Get ready to unlock your full potential, challenge the norms, and embark on a journey towards a stronger, healthier, and more fulfilled version of yourself. Let's go. All right, family. It is, it's been a while. Like, it's been a while. Like, over a month. The last podcast episode I recorded, uh, it was... Over a month ago, it was December 17th, and it was part one of my narcissistic relationship that I had with uh, with the narcissist guy I was dating at the time. Uh, he was probably one of the worst people that I've ever encountered in my life, and that's saying a lot. Um, <clears throat> so 
I left off part one in which I was talking about, uh, what was I, I, I ended part one with finding out that I was pregnant, right? <coughs> Excuse me. So I ended part one with finding out I was pregnant. And so it was around November and I was freaking the fuck out. And I remember I had a friend that had BPD. She has BPD. I'm not friends with her anymore because she's another horrible human being too. But um, I remember finding out I didn't get my period. I was pregnant. Right? Like I've mentioned, this man raped me. And if... Maybe I have to redefine what rape is, right? If it's not consensual, it is rape. If you're not conscious of what's going on and the other person continues to pursue it, it is rape. The fact that I have to reiterate this in 2024 is just crazy. So I found out that I was pregnant. I told a friend that I have that had that has BPD that I was pregnant. This girl, I don't even know why I just told this to this girl. You know, like people with BPD, I might have to make a separate episode because people with BPD are they're a special case. And they're very they have very poor emotional uh regulation. Uh and I'm not talking, I don't want to talk bad, bad about people with BPD, but they are, they tend to be in distress a lot. Uh, you know, emotional regulation, stress management is two things that they struggle with. Anyways, so I was alone, you know, I only told her. And of course, she made it all about herself. Because her, it was her friend's anniversary of her friend passing or something. I think her friend killed herself or something. I don't remember the exact story. But um, <coughs> I don't remember the exact story. But her, I think her friend committed suicide or overdosed on drugs. I don't remember. So she was, I guess, mourning her friend's loss. And I guess me trying to seek I guess trying to seek emotional support from her was too much for her that she kind of split on me I don't want to get into what splitting is because this video not this video sorry this podcast episode is not about BPD that that would have to be a separate story but I was pregnant she was the only person that I told I remember I was doing a fitness challenge at the time. I was doing a fitness challenge at the time. And I was already losing weight. I was looking great. And then I was just like, shit, I'm pregnant. Now I have to put, I'm on a roll, you know. Um, well, I was already going to the gym and I was already a physically active person. But I was on a roll. I was on a I was on a cut because I was putting on muscle and now I'm on a cut, right, at the time. So I'm ready to lose this weight um, and get shredded, 
but now I'm fucking pregnant. So this is kind of like an inconvenience, right? I knew I didn't want the child because the person that got me pregnant is a horrible person. I'm not going to procreate with somebody just because I want a child. I don't want children, but I'm just saying hypothetically. I think women fetishize having children way too much. And they don't think about the consequences of like who they procreate with. Who you procreate with, you're going to be bonded with that person for life. Y'all created another life together. You guys are bonded forever. I didn't want that with that person that I was with. This man literally wanted to be my pimp. Literally. He drove me to the strip club and wanted me to be a stripper. So I could give him my profits. Because when he was in Vegas, he had a girlfriend who was having sex with men, multiple men, and she was giving him the profits. So he was kind of like a human trafficker. I knew, well, first of all, I knew I didn't want to have offspring. I know I didn't want to have kids. But especially with somebody like that, are you kidding me? And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it's just like, how did I end up with this person? You know, I have a master's degree. I'm a highly educated person. How do I, like, how did I end up with this GED of a man? With this high school diploma man? Right? Nothing wrong with having a high school diploma. But, like, he wasn't doing anything with his life. How did I end up with a drug dealer? And I think when you have low self-worth, you put yourself in horrible situations. Right? So anyways, I found out I was pregnant. I couldn't do plan B. It was already too late for the plan B. I think plan B doesn't work past five days. The longer you wait, the less uh, the less chances of it the less chances of it working, right? So I couldn't do plan B. Well, now I had to do the other plan B, was which was a trigger warning. If you're if this triggers you, if the word abortion triggers you, you might want to click off now. So I was like, okay, I'm getting an abortion. I'm terminating. I'm terminating this pregnancy. I'm not being bonded to this man who's already a horrible father. This man is the worst. Like this this man treats the mother of his child like garbage. Physically violent, verbally abusive. You know, his own child doesn't even want him. So I already knew this man wasn't shit. And I already knew that I was sparing a life to that unpotential life that was about to be born. I knew I was sparing that child. Cause I didn't want that, I didn't want he I didn't want that man to to have 
I didn't want to give him the privilege of being a father. He was already a horrible human being. He didn't deserve it. Plus, he ejaculated against my will. So, I don't remember this part really well. It's just bits and pieces. So, I had, um, so I was looking up clinics. I was looking up clinics. And I found this place. Oh, my God. The most original name of all time. Bronx Abortion. That's what it was called. I think it's still around. Um, so I look up this place and I called, I called several places, right? And I knew I wanted to do the pill procedure. I did not want to have the surgical procedure. So some places were charging 600 for the pill procedure and this shitty hole-in-the-wall clinic called Bronx Abortion, right? They only charge like 400 bucks. Apparently, they were do- I found out that they were doing some scams because they were telling people that you need to have um, that, that the pill doesn't is not covered by insurance. But then I found out that the pill was covered by insurance. So they were lying to people. So they wanted people to pay up front for that pill. So I go in. First of all, when I arrived to the abortion clinic, there was a whole bunch of Bible thumpers. Sorry if you're Christian, but there was a whole bunch of Bible thumpers just on top of me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because people... Because people, for some reason, care so much about what goes on inside your uterus. But once that child is fucking born, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody's giving you money for that child. But like with those Bible thumpers, those Christian Bible thumpers that were in, the, in front of the clinic protesting. Apparently they gave so many fucks. Because they were, oh, because I guess they were going to take care of that child, right? Right. So they were blocking the entrance. And so I literally had to shove this lady out of my fucking way so I could get to the fucking clinic and get my procedure going. Because I was not having a child with this man out of rape. Right? So I'm there. I had nobody to like. I think I didn't do the surgical procedure either because somebody had to pick you up afterwards. I had nobody to pick me up. I had nobody. I literally had nobody. My mom didn't know either. I was around 32. I was around 32. And um, I'm waiting in this shitty clinic. And I remember one of the nurses was so sweet. I think she was a Gemini. (laughs) We were talking about astrology. 
and she was so sweet and she had the prettiest hazel-ish brown eyes and she was so sweet and she made me feel so comfortable. That was the only positive thing about that clinic, that lady. Because that clinic sucked. So I go to the clinic and I see a whole bunch of pink ladies. I call them the pink ladies. They're all dressed in pink. What's interesting that a lot of the women that were getting abortions dressed in pink were all black women. So that was an interesting observation. I knew I, I already knew I didn't want the surgical procedure. I wanted to be at home morning by myself. I wanted to be mourning by myself. I did not want to be with anybody. And so, you know, um, I took the first pill in the clinic. And then they told me to like wait an actual like a day, was it? I waited like a day to take the actual pill, the one that was gonna really terminate the pregnancy. Um is gonna be graphic. So at first I took the pill, it was fine, but then it felt like it felt like I had taken a laxative. I was in the bathroom back and forth. Like I had taken a laxative. And then I started bleeding. It felt like a really long period, right? So I was bleeding. And then I just laid down and watched one of my favorite animes. And that's how I spent my abortion. I was in my I wanted to be in my house alone in peace. I was supposed to rest for a couple of days, but I went straight to work. So I was I was bleeding out my abortion. I was at work. And um I was doing a, a program called Baby Lapsit. I was doing it virtually because everything was virtual at the time. And so I did it virtually. And I remember the babies. They liked me so much. And yet I was bleeding on my own as I was doing the the baby program, I was putting out my own baby. I never wanted to have kids, but I never wanted to physically, you know, kill one. I'm not, I'm kind of against abortion. I'm not fully with it, but I was raped. I was a victim of rape. And so I'm, I mourn for like 
to the whole weekend and then go Monday. I go back to work like nothing happened. I remember I was working in a in a library in East Harlem, East 125th Street. So I started getting triggered with children. I didn't want to be near children for a long time. Probably until recently. I didn't want to be around kids. I didn't want to sing any of the stupid songs, any of the the nursery rhymes, none of that shit. And so, like, people looked at me weird. So, yeah. The... I ended up, you know, I, I stood I stood at that job for another year, and then I left to actually start training at at a gym, at gyms, because it was just too triggering for me to work with children, and I already knew I wanted to quit. I was already sick of children. I think just the abortion was just like a reminder of like, hey, this this is, you know, you did this. Not that there's nothing wrong with it, but you did it. I'm going to leave it right here. Because this is a lot to unpack. Until next time.